0: numbers are perfect and numbers don't lie except when it comes to the number of treatment vials in your bag we dig deeper into affliction on this 34th episode of resurrection reveal
1: Thanks again for joining us for another full discussion fan feedback episode of the Resurrection Revealed podcast. We're a proud member of Noodle Mix Network, and we are sponsored by our affiliate links over at resurrectionrevealed.com slash Amazon. Do all of your shopping over there, whether for yourself or other folks. It's always good stuff. And we're so glad to have you along because we've got some fan lister feedback that's going to blow you away as we discuss Season 2, Episode 6, entitled Affliction. And this is an unofficial podcast and blog by and for fans of ABC TV's Resurrection. We're recording November 4th, 2014, and I'm at Wayne Henderson, your voice acting, podcasting, Green Bay Packers
0: fan. And I am at Troy Heinrichs, the recording podcaster on the other side of the mic, having a panic attack because I thought I was listening to Al Kessel this week. (laughs)
1: there's been a few people that think we are eerily similar. And I just want to thank fellow Losty and voice actor Al Kessel for covering for me last week while I was on a much needed vacation. Al did a fantastic job and I am glad to have quote unquote returned this week for the podcast.
0: And we will have everything you need to know about this week's episode over at resurrectionrevealed.com slash 34. We got some Great compliments on Al. So maybe we should have him back more often. I
1: could always use another vacation.
0: Well, what about my vacation?
1: (laughs) Well, you could always use a vacation.
0: Maybe I want to disappear. Oh, wait, no, maybe I don't.
1: Well, don't lose the will to live if you disappear.
0: Never, never. That (laughs) happens after you come back from vacation.
1: I need a vacation to rest up from my trip, let me tell you.
0: Oh, good stuff. This was the, uh, I think the episode of season two, kind of like we had, uh, episode five of season one was kind of like that turning point. I think that this is the episode we're going to look back on to say, wow, the show really found its character. It's dynamic. It's w- what it's all about in season two, episode six, a lot of lost references, I think will be coming this evening as we break down this episode, starting with, of course, a plane crash. Go figure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I loved that scene. And I agree totally, Troy, that this episode seemed a little bit different than all of the others in a lot of wonderful ways. But that plane crash, it just seemed like, I don't think the more I watch it a second time that we're supposed to take it literal, it was just so strange seeing her um, Angela sitting on that airplane seat out in the middle of the field. And we could hear some kind of airplane engine sound effects in the background, which also reminded me of the pilot of lost. And she's sitting there with her magical soda. And you, they did a great job of casting this young lady to play the young Angela because did look a lot like the elegant woman.
0: It absolutely did. And I love the switcher shot to go from the soda can in the past to the soda can in the present to then clearly establish that this was Angela The big question we have to start out with this night is, do you think that Angela herself, is a returned?
1: That I'm not sure of. There could be a whole different type of mystery in play with her. It it could be as simple as her being a returned, and maybe that's why she is so intrigued with this whole phenomenon and how it's coming around and happening yet again.
0: Because there were three survivors of the crash, and that could have been her two parents, and maybe that's why she has such an inside knowledge of the returned, and why she's so fascinated by the patterns and the numbers, and why she's a statistician, not an accounting firm. <laughs> but it, I, it's really, I think the first thing that came to my mind was, okay, either she was a survivor and wants to know why she was the only one that survived, kind of like Unbreakable uh, with uh, Bruce Willis, or Wait, she ha- or she is a returned.
1: Yeah, I think they're laying the groundwork to have it be the simple answer of her being a returned, but at the same time, is she somehow tied to the mysterious little town of Arcadia?
0: That's an even interesting, more interesting question. Did she, because that was one of the things that Angela brought up with Bellamy, not to jump around, but she said, you know, up until this point, you were kind of an anomaly in my equation because you were the only person that hadn't come from Arcadia, but- Apparently you have, because you are the young Thompson boy that's been missing. So was she from Arcadia or did the plane crash in Arcadia? That'll be the big question we have to ask ourselves.
1: Ah, good way to look at it, Troy.
0: Well, clearly Bellamy is really sick because he's trying to drive to get to Angela on his own. And you had to be really, really sick to pass out on the floor of a rest stop bathroom floor.
1: Oh, yeah. No doubt. I will do anything to avoid that. I don't even like walking into one of those with my shoes on standing upright.
0: Oh no. And then to drop your phone in the sink. It's like, do you even want to use that phone again? Maybe that's why he left it behind to be the tracker.
1: (laughs) He's getting pretty slick with some of his uh, phone tricks. I love it.
0: Now the doc said that the virus was a strain that kind of went through the birds in some way shape or form it's like a, a bird version of the spanish flu i don't know if you picked up on that so my question to you is is that why the birds were dying as they flew over arcadia i think
1: so 100 that they are now tying these mysteries together that we've been kind of wondering about somewhat even back into season one with the uh, cicadas and this season with some of the birds and i think they're de- definitely laying it out there and we'll talk a little bit more about this in the listener voicemail section of the show because first time caller brought up some great points that we should look into with this.
0: And that's really my big question is when they're talking about maybe one of the returned brought the Spanish flu back, it had to have been pre Arthur Holmes because it had to have been before the people were transported from Arcadia to this facility, wherever it is with Angela, because uh, mama Thompson and daddy Thompson got sick at the facility which means they would have contracted it somewhere in the high school when they were quarantined, when the military was in town.
1: And that's unfortunate that this type of disease could be returning as well, but it's kind of strange how they touched on in season one, how, when it was just, I believe, Jacob and Caleb that their blood supposedly had properties that would help cure. Was it leukemia, cancer, something like that. But now it seems to be tied to illness.
0: Right, exactly. Now, before we get into the serious stuff, I have one kind of funny thing here for you, but I was really excited to actually get some answers this week on Resurrection.
1: Funny answers? Fling them on me.
0: Well, I finally now know why the Smurfs were blue. What? <laughs> got to pay close attention in these shows. You get all kinds of good stuff. He specifically said that if you have this virus that the oxygen in your body will stop circulating, causing your body to turn blue. So that was the issue with the Smurfs. They had poor oxygen circulation. I had no idea
1: the Smurfs were so unhealthy. They seemed to be the epitome of health. But this is blowing my mind, Troy. It all makes a lot of sense now.
0: Hey, you got to get an answer where you can get an answer. That's what I say with this show. (laughs) I'm taking them all. There's lots of answers tonight. Okay. In all seriousness, though. Okay. Okay. I mentioned this last week that Grandma Langston mentioned the word future, right? You can't change your past is what she said to Barbara, you know, and then she mentioned something about the future. And then here this week, we have Henry talking to Jacob and he says that nobody can predict the future, but we have to live today like we'll have one So our second reference in as many weeks to the future. Is that a red herring? Is that something we should be thinking about or keeping an eye on? What say you?
1: Well, on resurrection, I do believe we have to keep an eye on everything. With that being said, I think that is kind of a red herring. And it's kind of interesting that Henry mentioned that because until Jacob came back, he and Lucille were pretty content to, you know, sit around, play Sudoku or whatever. And they, they were living and having a good, comfortable life. But now, you know, Fred's not Fred. Henry is all ready to move ahead with life and living like he has a future. And I think it's a good thing. He seems 10 to 15 years younger this week.
0: Yeah. Spry bouncing around, really excited, kind of laughing at the memories that Jacob keeps throwing out about his office was over there and you have the jelly beans in the drawer. It's really making it seem like they had their routine back when he would drop Jacob off at the bus stop and then continue on into work. And then, of course, he meets up our mystery person for this week where we get new characters introduced.
1: Yeah, I wasn't expecting that to happen at this point in the season. I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> any time we see a new character that does right off the bat have such a pivotal scene and an important part to play, I'm thinking bad things are coming.
0: And there are some real interesting thoughts on the Addison family as to who or what they may be. So stay tuned for that. I'm ready. Let's play a little game of numbers, shall we?
1: I love numbers. Does it involve 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, or 42?
0: It involves at least 23. So 23% mortality rate with the virus. I caught that from Angela. That's not a good number. She also mentioned, going back to our biblical number theory that we mentioned earlier this season, that 66 people had died and I don't know about you, but there are exactly 66 books in the Bible. Uh that's how many's in my Bible as well. And then she also we also mentioned later on when Ray comes back, welcome back Travis Young. woo woo, glad to have you. Uh Ray is back having his little uh true living party at the at the restaurant, the bar, and there's seven people in his party. Seven of course being the uh, the perfect number.
1: Interesting. Now The fact that Ray has seven people in that group of true living, that's too many people. They could actually cause some trouble. I mean, like you said, it's great to have Ray back, Travis Young, but I'm not too sure about the direction his character is going. He's not looking
0: good. Yeah, I liked it better when he was worried about the aliens.
1: Yes, that gave us something to latch on to.
0: Some other numbers that came up, and this was pointed out in the Resurrection Facebook group for the East Coast viewers, so, you can always search for that resurrection Facebook group if you want to join in on the East Coast commentary. But the flight number of the airplane was Flight 328. There were obviously three survivors, and three is also the number of the Trinity. But the number 28 also coincides with the 28th of October 1981 when Margaret died, October 28th. And also uh, 1982 when Barbara and Jacob died also October 28th. So also very interesting that Margaret and Barbara and Jacob all died within a year of each other to the day. Mm,
1: I did not catch that. That was a great catch there in the Facebook group for the, and that's just for East coast viewers, huh? I guess to kind of contain the spoilers, but that is definitely something to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, congrats uh, Joe for pointing that out. Uh, I assumed it was just a, you know, production value kind of thing. They just used the same tombstone and corrected it for Margaret that they used from last season. But they do, they do both say October 28th. So now it's in the show. Now it's canon.
1: Absolutely. Keep an eye on that as the season goes on.
0: Now, Maggie says that it doesn't make sense. Uh, when they're talking about grandma, like why would she lie? You know? And then she also says, why do they come back just to leave again? So it's an interesting thing with Maggie this week. They did a really good job. I think on television showing what a true panic attack looks like. I
1: did feel her pain a bit. It, It is something where Maggie is doing a great job. She's juggling a lot of different things right now and dealing with the unknown So a panic attack is definitely in order.
0: But is that the normal reaction? That's the one thing I couldn't figure out. She's obviously grieving about her mom disappearing, but I've never seen panic attack associated with grief before. You would assume crying, sobbing, depression, but panic attack seemed a little odd. Is it just because she's overwhelmed and out of her league and can't figure out how to cure the illness and Bellamy's gone and that's why she had the panic attack?
1: I think so. I mean, you mix in things that most other doctors don't have to deal with, like patients have come back to life two, maybe three times. Their babies are growing twice as fast. Other people are coming back from the dead. Others are disappearing altogether. Your whole family's in disarray. It's more than the average person would deal with. That's for sure.
0: Now, slippery slope, of course, being that she's a doctor. Did Mm -hmm. you notice uh, that the apple does not fall too far from the proverbial family tree? With a little pill popping going on by one Maggie herself.
1: I didn't even catch that.
0: Yeah, she has that uh, conversation with the nurse. She's like, give me five minutes to, you know, to check on Rachel. You know, she goes into the office and she opens up the drawer and then takes a pill of something. Don't know what that is, but it seems like she's trying to calm her anxiety so that she can get on with her day. Does Uh that does that spiral?
1: That's not good. If, it, if she's self-medicating, similar to the way that uh, Dr. Jack Shepard did, uh, this could be bad. I didn't even catch that. I must have been taking notes.
0: And then, of course, because she is her father's daughter, and her father obviously has an addiction problem, is that in the bloodline?
1: That, that's what I'm afraid of.
0: But although her dad, really great scene with grandma. I mean, that was just, you know, it To go the the whole way from Margaret slapping him across the face in the first episode of season two, now to having him stand there and challenge his mother. Like, were you always like this? I mean, it's just such the defiance. I mean, it has to cut, you know, Margaret to the core that her son would talk back to her in such a way. But he has every right to. And then she's like, well, what did that girl ever do for you? And he just says, you know, point blank, you know, Barbara gave me Maggie, you know, so obviously Maggie is the best part of the sheriff, you know, and hopefully she doesn't spiral too far out of control because of it.
1: Yeah. That scene, you're right. Top notch. I mean, this season, it's hard to believe it's only been what about six episodes so far this season, considering how great almost each and every episode has been and the characters and the acting. And I just about did a fist bump in the, in the air, When Fred said that to his mom about Maggie, because it's great to see him standing up. And obviously uh, his mom has never had to deal with Fred being this way at all during life. And it's about time and I'm all for
0: it. Now, it's curious to see what's going to happen, though, because it is up against The Walking Dead. The ratings aren't exactly what they were last year. So there's talk, of course, you know, 13 episodes. They were supposed to get a 14th episode. They got the 14th episode pulled back. So now they're back to the original 13th episode. You know, is it, is it canceled after season two? Is there a potential for season three? I, I really hope that we don't fall victim of the ratings and the network with this show because the acting, the story, the overall concept, I think it's just getting into itself And it really needs at least another season at a minimum to really wrap up everything. Because if you dangle us, you know, at the end of 13 episodes this year and get canceled, I mean, that's going to be brutal. Because there's just so much depth to the show that could still be explored. So many backstories that it'd be really heartbreaking if it did get pulled.
1: Oh, absolutely. I hope there is a season three of Resurrection coming. And as far as the ratings being down just a little bit, almost every single show dips a little bit in their second season. So that part of it doesn't have been concerned. It's just a matter of hopefully all these actors that know that they are doing great work on this show. You know, there's just great chemistry. And I think the whole production team, everybody knows they're doing so good that hope I'm just thankful this show's not on Fox so that maybe being on ABC, they will continue it on whether or not it's up against that show about the other people that are walking around dead.
0: Well, if you are a res head and you do love the show, you know, start the campaigning now, get it out there. Let everybody at ABC, uh, let everybody know what plan B everyone involved that how much you love the show, because the show has just really been awesome this season. I don't think I've ever given out this many nines for oh, any, any TV series in a row.
1: Same here. I mean, season one of resurrection was really good had a couple of downer episodes but for the most part really good but this season it truly is to paraphrase Cliff Ravenscraft the podcast answer man it's to a whole new level
0: oh yeah i mean television that you haven't seen for a while that just takes certain topics certain conversations certain thinking and just really makes you you know wonder all week long which is really great considering that Jason Mott you know, wrote the return and then wrote his new book, the wonder of all things. And there's even concepts in the wonder of all things that I'm currently reading that I'm seeing kind of brought into resurrection or vice versa. So to see this collaboration between Jason uh, Mott and Aaron Zellman, I think it's just been fantastic to get what we have on screen each and every week.
1: Oh, absolutely. I cannot wait. There's gotta be a season three. It's hard to believe this season is close to half over with it being this awesome that I can't imagine what else we're going to see the rest of this season.
0: And here's another one of those great, you know, thought provoking comments that comes, I believe it was from Henry, that uh, he lives in the space between what's real and what's possible. And that really begs the question about conversation around miracles or, you know, supernatural things that could happen. You know, if you can just, Think about, you know, when we talk about it in the Bible about having the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain, mm-hmm. you know, just that little thought that you could do something so much greater with your life, you know? So yeah, you live between the reality and you also live between the dream, but only you can make that dream happen. And that's why we have our good friend, Henry calling up Mr. Addison himself to say, sure, loan me some money. Let's get this thing going.
1: I was surprised that Henry actually agreed to it.
0: Well, he is getting on in years. I mean, it's not like he could do this all on his own. He's well, not. He's true. not the spring chicken he was 32 years ago. Well, and
1: it, that's very true. But it makes you wonder if maybe this family name, this Brian Addison, doesn't ring a bell of any sort with Henry, or it could even be a fake identity. I suppose.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a business name. You know, Addison Enterprises. You know, real estate deals across the country, which leads us to the big question. So, Grandpa. Yeah. He obviously knows the fountain of youth, or he's a returned, clearly. (laughs) So, the big question I have with his comment of those Langstons, anytime you mention money, they're like ants on a lollipop. So, we don't know what Margaret's maiden name is. We think that it was. Anderson because Fred had that conversation at the dinner scene about yeah when you know grandpa Anderson was at the uh as the foreman so we're assuming that she's an Anderson by her maiden name but there were some people floating it around that maybe Margaret is actually uh grandpa's you know daughter
1: hmm that very well could be I mean I watched the scene quite a few times and it clearly sounded like he said Addison. I wonder if maybe I just misheard that.
0: No, it, it was Addison this week and it was Anderson. Okay. I believe it was during the dinner scene. Okay. So maybe there's like I'm saying, Margaret could have nothing to do with this at, at all, but it seems like Margaret was talking about the family and the family name is so important. And here you have grandpa Addison now basically slandering the Langston name because they're just a bunch of money greedy, you know, grubbing people. It, it really starts to, make you think about which family is right. Is the Langston family right? Is the Addison family right? What is this deep, dark family secret that Margaret doesn't want to get out? And maybe that secret is, is that she's an Addison by nature.
1: That very well could be. I mean, so far on the show resurrection, we haven't seen any signs of any of the Langstons being money hungry, not even grandma who has, you know, a lot of issues. But being money-hungry doesn't seem to be one of them, at least what's been shown to us. And as far as Brian Addison's grandpa there that's younger than him, I I think he's definitely got to be a returned. And so he's taking his second opportunity at life, I believe, to somehow make life miserable for the Langstons.
0: And then the final question I have for you this evening is the vial of medicine— So he gives over the entire dosage to Maggie, says, do what you can with this. Ain't going to go far. But then he pulls out a bag and has his own vial. Was there a vial missing in what he gave to Maggie that I missed? Or did he have a second bag that he kept for himself?
1: It didn't appear to me that there was a vial missing from what he turned over uh, to Maggie. He was doing all sorts of uh, covert operations in that building before he left. But then again, they, it seemed like they wanted to kind of check him out before they let him go free. So I don't think he could have taken a whole nother bag of it. But uh, I was really, I don't know, really touched me when he gave up all that medicine that was meant for him. And it was only what, like a 10 day supply, but he turned that over and then he still had at least one more. So it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen to our, our buddy Bellamy.
0: Yeah, does he have one more or does he have many more? What's inside the magic bag? We'll have to wait and see. True. Overall. Good episode. What'd you, what do you say?
1: Great episode. I would give this episode afflictions. I would give it nine and a half out of 10 rebuilding Langston's.
0: Yeah, I'm just a little bit below you. I'm still in the nines though. I gave it nine out of 10 really bad luck leftovers.
1: <laughs> really bad luck with what's been going on still can you, can you, solid episode.
0: Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, you didn't really see your mom die originally because you were a baby, but then to have your mom disappear, die, you know, as an adult, how do you deal with that? That's that's gotta be pretty gut wrenching.
1: Absolutely terrible.
0: Well, we got some really great resurrection revealed listener community feedback coming up in just a bit in the fan feedback section of the podcast. Before we get to the feedback on affliction this week, we actually had some hanging chads from last week's episode. You know, it is election day here, so we did have to make an election joke, I suppose. (laughs) So uh, let's uh, head on over to the voicemail listener line for some additional thoughts on Will last week with our voicemail from Ann.
2: Hey, guys, it's Ann from Richmond, Virginia. And I had a thought about uh, Rachel and the baby. I think the baby will survive. And once it's born, uh, whether it be cesarean section or, or whatever, I think Rachel will disappear because she has served a purpose. And then the preacher and his wife can have the child that they've wanted. And that's my thought for the week. Thank you.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's really the thing. So I think we have an answer potentially to why the baby is growing rapidly in the explanation we get for why the virus mutated. And it's because of the returns metabolism being so high. And so because the virus was able to mutate as it passed through a returns body, I think the pregnancy is just moving faster because of the higher metabolism. And there really is nothing wrong with the baby. It's not super baby, or as we said last week, the devil incarnate. Um, I think it's just because their metabolism operates differently. And that's why the baby's growing faster.
1: I agree. Something along the lines of that, or just the fact that that poor baby has had his mom die twice and is still struggling on to live. So, and thank you so much uh, for your call and giving us that reminder to keep an eye on what's going to happen with Rachel and her baby. And we'll, rachel fulfill her purpose once the baby's born
0: now neil actually said in his comments right as we recorded last week as well neil said that margaret really decided to take her decision to remove the demons to heart continuing with her daughter-in-law she really did a number on barbara it seems that if you do impose a state of depression the returned will vanish was she near that hanging tree when she actually talked to barbara on that park bench I liked Fred and Barbara together again, even the apparent age difference. It was good to see a family reunited. It is unfortunate that we did not learn any more behind the original death when Barbara fell in the river. Did Margaret have a hand in that? And I said, no, because if you look at the tombstones, uh, grandma was actually dead a year when Barbara fell into the river. So there was no Margaret pushing her. Unless, of course, Margaret was a returned Only a year later. That'd be interesting twist, wouldn't it?
1: Mm, I doubt they go that direction. I could see it happening, but that would make things extra confusing.
0: Totally. Uh, He goes on. I don't think the government lady knows anything really useful about the sick returned, but I do believe she has seen some disappear like Mikey. I think Jacob suspects that Margaret was doing something. He might have sensed Barbara's disappearance and wondered about it. He did hear her story, but did he actually understand it? Good points, Neil. Thanks for uh, commenting on the show notes for last week's episode. Really great. But then you were gone, so we never actually got Wayne's take on the episode last week. What were your thoughts on Will, Mr. Henderson?
1: Well, it was another fantastic episode of Resurrection. And I was just so mad at Grandma Langston for how she treated, treated her and had... Made her disappear. It was it was just shocking, and it's getting harder and harder to keep these episodes. Can't even talk. It was shocking, and the more episodes we get this season, two with them all being so good, it's kind of hard to keep them all separate. I can see this as a long story. So, Will, I don't remember the specifics of that episode compared to this week, other than it was fantastic. And the fact that uh, Jacob, he's definitely wise beyond his years with his special sense that he has since he's a returned.
0: Well, I'm going to ask you the two questions I asked Al last week. Number one, if the returned person loses the will to live or the will to go on, is it suicide? Yes or no?
1: That is so tricky because there's really no precedence for it. I think, If they lose the will to live, I don't think that in itself would make it uh, suicide. I just think it's a deep depression that, unfortunately, when you're returned, uh, takes you away once and for all. So that's a no. Right. Long story short.
0: (laughs) And then in the case of Carl and Mikey, Carl says, oh, they didn't have your medicine available at the pharmacy, which is a lie. And he clearly wants Mikey to disappear. But then towards the end of the episode, as Mikey's about to disappear, you see Carl kind of hunched over, like really fighting back the tears. Is this the right thing to do? So in a sense, did Carl commit murder?
1: I would not necessarily call this one murder, especially since his brother just kept coming back and needed to be shot at least once. He kept burying him. I could see where you could maybe Look at it as murder, but it's such an extreme case. And talking about Carl there on the side, at one point, it almost looked like that Carl was chuckling. (laughs) like, I can't believe it. I'm going to get rid of this guy once and for all. And whether or not it's murder or homicide in the case of his brother, Mikey, uh, since it is just a television show, I am going to say Mikey deserved everything he got.
0: Well, two weeks ago, Carl literally puts three in his back through the chair. Right, First degree murder, cold blood, I'm sick and tired of you, blam, 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 right? But then this week, he's like chuckling that he's going to like one up his brother, but then he like completely changes emotions. So is this truly the the guilt, the grief over what he's done? And is that, is he feeling that because it's tied into his mom and dad's disappearance, murder, whatever it is in some way?
1: It'll be interesting to find out whether or not it's tied into what happened with their parents at all. But in a lot of ways, Carl didn't really have much of a choice other than just running away from Arcadia and hoping his brother never finds him. I mean, if he didn't take care of Mikey once and for all, I think Mikey was going to take care of him.
0: Very astute answer. Never thought about Mikey taking care of Carl.
1: Because he's not
0: a good big brother. No, 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 not at all. (laughs) Well, that'll do it for Will. So let's go ahead and move on to the feedback for this week's episode with a voicemail from Cliff in Texas.
3: Hey, this is Cliff P. from Dallas, Texas. I'm a big fan of the Resurrection Revealed podcast. I have some thoughts. When Lucille told Fred, I know the thing that you did. She was talking about him taking away Jacob. She all but said that to Grandma right before she went and did the confrontation. That's what she was upset with him about, is that he was responsible for making Jacob get taken uh, and setting all that up. Uh, Also, the thing that Mikey did was uh, he killed the parents. He all but said he did. He said he did it for Carl, took care of our problem. Uh, I think that's really the sin or the issue that He's back to take care of. I don't really think that these guys are being murdered because I think this is a very key point. These really are not people returned from the dead in the strictest sense of the word. These people are copies of the original people. And that's very important. I mean, this is not a matter of opinion. This is a fact. Jacob is revealed to him to be in the ground. They dug up his body. So the kid that's walking around is a copy of Jacob. I mean, a perfect copy. And there's a big existential question of whether or not that matters. You know, is this really still him? Uh, which brings us back to the government woman when she said about the bodies uh, that it's just a vessel. When she was talking to uh, Bellamy uh, about his body, well, it's, it's just a vessel. So obviously she knows something. That's very, very important.
1: And then uh, Cliff's call cut off, but he calls back. We'll play part two in just a minute. But this is a great time to interject, one, to say thank you so much, Cliff, for your calls. And that is a key point to remember. I can't believe I forgot that these returned are copies. Does that change any of your viewpoints, Troy?
0: Well, if they're truly copies, and if we go with the concept of the bodies are just vessels, then who we are is what our soul, you know, emulates, right? Or emanates both, right? We're emulating our soul in other copies, and then we're emanating our soul in the actions we take. So if our soul is our thoughts and our doings and our being and the body is just the vessel, then, yeah, I still hold true that if I want to give up on the will to live, it's like committing suicide. And if I want someone dead, it's like committing murder, even though I'm in a different body.
1: And then again, on the legalistic side, in a court of law, I could see a lawyer saying, look, we have the body right here from when it the person died originally that person there is not this person and try to get the whole court case thrown out.
0: Yeah. It's really, it really makes you think on this show to find out what is morally and ethically the right thing to do. And then of course, what are the things you could potentially get away with because of it?
1: And with grandma Langston getting away with all sorts of things, she's definitely pushing the envelope there.
3: Hi, Cliff P again, part two. The return to coming back, I think water is absolutely a key here, the river. Um, and I think there are abundant clues. For one thing, the logo for the show shows a drop of water trickling down a blade of grass, which seems to suggest that water has some significance. Also, if you look at the drop of water uh, as it goes down the, the, uh, the blade of grass, it's almost like you're looking into the universe, you're seeing multiple copies of, of whatever. So that's I think is a big clue. Also the splash screen when you watch it on Hulu before it, you know, goes to a commercial shows a bunch of water splashes. So I think that also is a big clue. So clearly the water has something to do with it. And I think there's some significance to the fact that Caleb's last words before he vanished was water. I think there's some kind of a hint there. Um, notice that when When Mikey showed up at the factory, right before he showed up at the factory, you know, hunched over in the truck all sick, there was a bird that was – the camera focused on a dead bird uh, as Bellamy was walking around. And then all of a sudden, uh, Fred showed up, and then they had the whole thing with Mikey show up. The camera focused on that bird for a reason. I think it's because um, life was created by Mikey coming back and being sick. Uh, obviously, he came back with the bird. I think that the, the creators of the show are trying to signify that life creates life, and when something dies, something lives. Okay? I think that's very, very, very significant. So that's all I really got to say, and I really enjoyed the podcast, but I really think that uh, you guys should really look at the bird and the cicada symbolism for what that's about. Anyway, thank you guys. I'm going to keep listening. Have a good one.
0: Thanks so much, Cliff, for sending that in. Again, 904-469-7469 is the Resurrection Reshead voicemail feedback line if you want to get in your theories. Uh, The water imagery, absolutely I mean, the key to life in general, I mean, you got this from Neil deGrasse Tyson on Cosmos uh, quite a bit. They talked about how water, you know, is really the existential element that between water and carbon, those two things really make up the foundation of what life is all about. Right. And so that's one side of why water is such a symbolism. And then, of course, the fact that this river runs through Arcadia and that the river was used to completely wipe out Arcadia for the most part in this flood back in the, you know, twenties or thirties. I can't remember what was actually on the form uh, in Angela's office uh, when Bellamy died as a Thompson. And then you take that to the birds. And I, I truly believe that there is some kind of cycle of, you know, when one thing dies, one, another thing is born, you know, that whole concept of, you know, if we go to heaven and then a baby's laughter comes from heaven you know, there's a lot of theories on, on how that progresses. And then you take that one step further to the cicadas where truly, you know, they come out of the ground and then go back into the ground and lose their shells. And it's just a, a vessel, but their life is in the eggs that they've replanted to come back out again. So a lot of the kind of cycle of life concepts and imagery are absolutely there. The birds, though, specifically, I think, as we mentioned earlier, now that we have this clue about the, the flu, I think the flu is what's causing the birds to die specifically.
1: Absolutely. And Cliff, great points there. It's interesting, though, like he talked about the timing, almost matching up perfectly as far as when a bird dies and somebody returns. It's interesting that, you know, totally different species, the birds and the humans. And then last season, especially with the cicadas. So I don't know how it ties in exactly since they are such a different species than the humans other than just great imagery and giving us something to talk about and the water. I totally had forgotten that apparently Caleb's last words were water.
0: Yeah. He said he was thirsty. That's when Bellamy went over to the uh, bubbly tank to get him a glass of water and then boom, he's gone.
1: Good stuff. Cliff. Thanks again. Feel free to call in every week to 904-469-7469. I love all this listener feedback. We heard from Jeff Gentry. He's got some more things for us to discuss as well.
2: Hey, guys. This is Jeff Gentry, x Force Eleven. So, we finally have a name for the elegant lady, Angela Foster. And after the opening scene, I think I've got a theory. She's returned. She was in the crash, and she returned almost immediately. She was found unharmed. She's been trying to figure out her whole life, and she uses statistics to do that. She's a return, but where does she tie in? I don't know. Although, that could just be a theory, and she's sowing the plane crashes after losing somebody on Oceanic 815. Who knows? But it was an outstanding episode today. Uh, Omar did a great job Um great acting all around, and uh really enjoying this season. Thanks, guys. Bye.
0: Jeff Gentry, again, 904-469-7469. Yeah, Omar did a heck of a job this week. Maggie did a heck of a job. Devin Kelly, fantastic job. Yeah, Kurtwood, fantastic job. I mean, everybody is just firing on all cylinders, and it's just, you know, how can you take a show like this with such great acting and such great writing and then just have this cancellation fear in the back of your head. It just blows my mind.
1: Yeah, I try not to think about it. I mean, hopefully, much like the characters on the show, Resurrection will return next season. And so good to hear from Jeff again. And actually, after listening to his theory, it makes me wonder if perhaps Angela Forrester may not be a returned, even though I think she is.
0: She's got to be. Totally got to be. Something to think about, though. Well, then we had some comments over at the ResurrectionRevealed.com webpage. Lucifer was in this week, said, Grandma always seems to it that we understand well that Barbara is or was the one who started all the crap happening in the Langston's life. But the way I see it, Grandma, I suggest you get a cup of coffee, go rock your chair and go to the home for the aged. Enjoy, Granny. <laughs> Take a hike. The elegant woman, a.k.a. Angela, survived a plane crash and believes that numbers don't lie and don't change. Uh, Lost anyone? (laughs) (laughs) I love seeing Ray and Elaine again. I don't like how the show is going with the war of the two clans. Not interested in that, but still going to tune in because when it comes to resurrection, I am like an ant on a lollipop.
1: (laughs) <laughs> thank you for that that that's a visual image I will never think of ants in the same way again and great points about Grandma Langston possibly being the cause of this whole disaster
0: Well and Ray wrote in and said that he believes that I think he's saying that Angela set up Marty now whether that's set up as in a bad way or set up like dude she like totally set me up with all this medicine I'm not sure what he means by that but He believes that she set up Marty. Think back to the episode multiple when Marty went to view his body. Angela kept saying, stay away agent Bellamy. That's close enough. I believe that Angela is a returned and she feared that she'd be infected by the virus. Marty contracts later Hmm. afflictions opened with a scene of a young girl sitting on what appears to be an airplane passenger seat in a field of wildflowers this was Angela's memory of returning parts of what was told to Marty about the virus and what Angela revealed about herself may be true, but certainly not all of it. A statistician. I am totally not buying that. The facility where Marty was being held sure has poor security for being a government facility. Card readers working without pin numbers and sensitive or secret data being unsecured, not locked in a safe is not realistic. Marty was set up to find the information from the get-go. That's a really good point, actually. And you know what? We never talked about the uh, mysterious vial that just happened to be left behind at Marty's bedside. So that Mm. totally goes right into Ray's theory about maybe this was all staged the whole time.
1: I'm liking this, Ray. I'm liking it.
0: We don't know what the vaccine that Marty takes back to Arcadia will actually do if Maggie gives it to the other returned. Marty was given a limited supply. It may not be the real vaccine at all. Interesting. Well, Ray Ray is back, and he's hanging with a bad crowd out to rid Arcadia of the returned. So what is going to happen there? It'll be interesting. Uh, The Addison guys had a great twist to the plot, and Ray is in my camp. Maybe Grandpa could be Margaret's father interesting that
1: that would blow me away ray great email thank you so much for getting that into us i i could see it going that direction and i did not even i can't believe it after watching so much television over the years that i did not pick up on the fact that this whole thing might have been a setup for marty to find that room with all the calculations and photographs and news articles and it was all he fell right into their plan i am switching my theory immediately to go with Rays.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really interesting when you think about it because you're so wrapped up in Marty and the fact that he needs to get healthy and he needs to help Maggie and he needs to go back to Arcadia that you don't even think about the wool that could be pulled right over our eyes and Bellamy's right as it's happening.
1: Exactly. And with uh, with Ms. Forrester saying a statistician, that struck me as odd right off the bat. A statistician? She might as well have said, you know, she's the uh, front front door receptionist. And that has caused her to, you know, dig into all of these things all the time. There's got to be more to it than statistician.
0: She's got really crazy formulas in her office though. Would you go to her to have your taxes done? I don't know. She's got some differential equations. I'm sure if I went to her, she'd probably get me out of my taxes completely.
1: (laughs) Uncle Sam would owe you a couple hundred
0: grand. You know it.
4: Hello, this is Neil from Bowie calling into resurrection revealed for resurrection afflictions. So we see that Angela Forrester is the elegant lady and she is a survivor of or perhaps returned from a plane crash and she appears to be compiling statistics on plane crashes. She seems to have some predictive powers that may be beyond mere statistics. As was predicted at the end of the first season, Martin Bellamy has always been a return for as long as we've seen him. He died at six months and returned 35 years later in 1972, but he grew up for some 41 years or so, getting killed and then returning a second time. Since he was only six months old when he first died that might explain why he was not been compelled to return to Arcadia previously we don't know whether there was another batch returned in 1972 but maybe we'll find out about that later seems that the virus uh, came along with a precursor harbored by birds and that should explain all the dead crows that we've been seeing in Arcadia Ray and friends are grouping together as the true living and we know there's going to be conflict coming up be interesting to see that. Meanwhile, Brian Addison and his grandfather have some grudge against the Langstons. Their investment in the factory, it seems like it's a trap. Anyway, looking forward to more resurrection this coming week. Uh, that's all. Hashtag team Wayne for the win.
1: <laughs> Neil, thanks so much for your call. Great thoughts, great theories, and yeah, the whatever this true living association is in is into is going to be bad i think immediately we're going to see a return on that type of thing but uh, troy what else did you think about the great stuff neil called in this week
0: first of all hashtag whatever <laughs>
1: <laughs> bellamy's been returned all along they they kind of laid it out there so obviously but you know the the absence of him not eating like a like a machine last season i could see where that could throw people off the scent
0: Absolutely. And maybe that's because he's been living as a normal person since he was six months old. And those like things subside over time. That could be. Uh, yeah. Good points. Again, he brought up the crows as well. So I'm glad Neil caught that uh, with the birds and the flu. I think that totally explains what's going on. And yeah, really, really just interested to find out how the puzzle is going to start piecing together with the the new edition of the Addisons. I think that's a really Great wrinkle because at the end of the day, you know, Aaron said that this show is about Arcadia and the Langstons. It's not about why they're returning and where they're all returning. Clearly they're all over the map because the map had a bunch of push pins all over the place, including Greenland. Thought that was interesting. Interesting. Yes. But um, yeah, it's, it's the Langstons and it's Arcadia. And to have this kind of like old family feud from the thirties kind of come back into play. That's a really interesting storyline to see how that plays out in this, you know, grander scheme of things of why these people are coming back.
1: Absolutely. And two more quick things on, on the episode one, when it was over, I could not believe that the hour had already passed. I cannot wait for the next episode. And if we get a further look at Ms. Forrester's office, if we see an oceanic logo in any of those photographs, I may fall off the couch.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Well, Aaron was back and said, I have a feeling that the elegant woman is a returned, but her parents may or may not be. Also, maybe she and her parents were the three that died. That also would explain why she can obviously predict stuff about the returned because she's a returned herself.
1: I could see them going that way. In fact, even later in this season, you never know if her parents haven't returned yet. They may still return. Anything can happen at any time.
2: Hi, Wayne and Troy. Uh, This is MK from Chicago. Don't have any friends who watch Resurrection, so I really appreciate your show as a chance to enhance the viewing experience. Uh, So I want to say thank you for the show. There were some medical inaccuracies that were driving me crazy this week. And you can imagine, so I'm a nurse, and you can imagine that there's a lot of that in TV, and I tend to. I, do admit, I will admit I do judge a show and how hard they're trying by whether or not they actually do things um, semi-accurately. Um, and uh, I also understand that for dramatic effect and for whatever, pe- that the creative choices are made to not do things accurately. But I can't make a reason to forgive me, so they're bugging me. So when Agent Bellamy was in the government treatment center and the doctor is explaining things um Uh, First of all, he says, do you want this shot in your arm or your butt, which is fine, kind of. But then when the doctor goes and gives the shot, and I just have to say as a nurse, doctors don't give shots. (laughs) He went to give it in this sort of like basically the side of the tricep, so like towards the bottom of the upper arm, which he would never give a shot there. But then when Agent Bellamy is doing it for the shot for himself, he, um is giving the shot into, first of all, a different route. It's not an intramuscular shot. It's a, it's a shot into his vein in his, um, the inside of his elbow and what's it, called the anticubital space. And no, you don't give shots. There's a common, like, inaccuracy on television, but the only people who tend to do shots are illegal drug users. No medical professional would give a shot there. And also, it just changes the routing. It just doesn't take that much effort to get that right. Now, granted, maybe they're trying to make some point that he's gone like extra rogue or something, but that goes into the realm of science fiction. I think that's what's really bugging me, is it went into the realm, obviously, all of this is fiction, I realize, how ridiculous, I sound. But the point is, if you look around the office, Angela Forrester's office, do you see, you know, I would love to hear if someone who can do math has any interesting insights based on looking at those formulas, but... I think the medical inaccuracies made me undermine that all that on board was just gibberish. Yeah,
0: that's a really good point. Thanks so much, MK, for calling in. And I, I, it goes into the question of the vial. You know, if he gave over the entire supply and the supply was administered via the kind of fatty tissue of the muscle, like you'd get a flu shot, right? You know, then the vial that he ends up pulling out of his bag—what is that stuff? Because the vial bottle itself is a different shape as well. And so now he's administering that, like she said, kind of like drug style, like a heroin user. And is that because of their higher metabolism as a return? So they're trying to pump that um, solution through their body as quickly as possible, doing it that way.
1: That's a great point. And MK, I appreciate your medical information and letting us know that, you know, sometimes TV shows don't pay quite as close attention as they probably could. But again, on the other side, maybe they are trying to show that, uh, Bellamy has gone rogue or has some other background information, and that's why he's doing it then and there. On the other hand, I am wondering if whatever these medicines are, perhaps somebody else in Arcadia or maybe even Dr. Maggie's friend back east can replicate this drug.
0: I said it was hard to make, so we'll have to wait and see.
1: Or maybe they just say that it's hard to make. We will have to wait and see, but I cannot wait. For Sunday night's episode, Resurrection Revealed, not yet affiliated with ABC television or Plan B. And we are an unofficial podcast. We do have costs for running the website, MP3 hosting with Libsyn every month. If you could possibly consider supporting our fan podcast in a couple of ways. Uh, One way is you could do all of your Amazon shopping through our affiliate link at ResurrectionRevealed.com dot com slash Amazon. It goes to the regular Amazon. Everything is the same price. It's just if you use that link, we get a small uh, percentage back on anything that you purchase. That'll help help out the podcast. Also, you can even donate directly to the show. You can invest in making resurrection revealed even better going forward. You can donate once in any amount you'd like, or even sign up for an ongoing monthly donation amount. Just see the donation area on the right-hand side of our website, at resurrectionrevealed.com.
0: You could also keep connected with us. Larry King, of course, lets you know all the time that Resurrection Pod is our Twitter handle. Larry always tells you that Resurrection Pod is our Twitter handle, and you could, of course, follow our personal accounts as well. I am at Troy Heinrichs, and you, sir, are... At Wayne Henderson. And, of course, lastly, leave a review for us, but also leave the review for all of the great resheads that call into the podcast... Even if you listen elsewhere, head on over to resurrectionrevealed.com slash iTunes and drop us a note and let us know that you love the show and which fan theories, of course, are the most awesome. But most importantly, subscribe to the feed of the podcast episodes. Do not miss a single episode of Resurrection Revealed. You can do that in a few ways right at the top of resurrectionrevealed.com. Whether you like iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Wherever you can find a podcast, there we will be. And of course, we want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend it listening to our show. From all of us here at Noodle Mix Network, till next time, I am Troy Heinritz,
1: And I'm Wayne Henderson. Until we return again, see you next time on Resurrection Revealed.
0: Resurrection Revealed is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx, especially the Once podcast. If you're already watching Resurrection, you should be watching Once Upon a Time right before it at 8 Eastern and Pacific, 7 Central, and then listen to Once, the unofficial podcast and blog and forum with theories and talk about ABC's Once Upon a Time. All this and a bunch more of great content is waiting for you all over at noodle.mx.